sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, August 5th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct, helping me put the fun in functional sports content. And Kev, you know I have to start here. Yesterday, we went off air with you and Jared literally mocking me about wanting to play with the Brooklyn Nets on the money line at plus 1,200. And what do you know, Jared? They get the job done 119 to 116 with really like a G League roster and Jamal Crawford making it happen. We have to talk about this and some of the other games that went down in the bubble yesterday. I want to get your thoughts on this one. Is this like, Oh, the Nets may have something. Oh, the Bucs weren't really trying. Or, oh, on any given day, anything can happen inside the bubble. I think the big thing was, oh, they didn't play Giannis or Chris Middleton in the second half. Would have been sweet to know that going into the game. (laughs) And that was, I mean, that's the reality of it. Because at the end of the day, you know, Pat Connaughton and Frank Mason had themselves a lead in the fourth quarter. And what was crazy is, because I was actually following that game because it's like, wow, they're going to really pull off this upset, even if they're now playing a a roster of, honestly, similar caliber to a degree. Like, Garrett Temple for Ersan Ilyasova. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of a wash. Like, DJ Wilson for Tyler Johnson. Yeah, a whole lot of who and who for most people, right? So, um, but I think what, what stood out to me is how into it that Bucks uh, bench was. Giannis up pretty much almost on the right, court. Right, right, right. Uh, and the fact that, like, it just was blowing my mind, Dane, because at any moment, right, because in three minutes it was tied, Budenholzer could have gone, ah, you know what, let's win the game. Giannis, Chris, get in, close it out. And they would have won the game by, like, 10. But he, he didn't. And... Now, like the Bucks are, are one and two in the restart. It's a, it's a little weird because, you know, this is a team that you knew was going to be favored in all of their games. Right. Uh, and they're going to, and that's still going to be true. At the end of the day, this doesn't matter. I just wonder if, you know, does it linger for them maybe more than they want now? You know, for again, for a team that didn't close out the regular season strong, some of that, you know, through injuries, yeah. some of that through opponents, now losing two in a row here again. They didn't have Lopez missed the whole game. Giannis and Middleton only playing a half, minimal minutes from Connaughton, minimal minutes from Bledsoe. All that applies. There's nothing to really worry about here. But I wonder if now, you know, that next Bucks matchup is against the Miami Heat, a team we've talked about, had their number, beaten them two mm-hmm. for two, right? I just, you know, is adding more motivated, more focused Milwaukee team. But I do wonder if that game doesn't go the way they want. Heat team, that's look for this restart. Right. Got to give them their credit uh, right now. If that Heat team takes another game off of them, then does Milwaukee start to maybe ask more questions than they should have to be asking? 
Yeah, I think that's a good point, right? And that is the essential question. Like, are the Bucks taking this seriously? Does it really matter? But I could also understand that habits form. You know what I mean, right, Kev? Like, you don't mm-hmm. want to have bad momentum going on. You don't want to start doubting yourself in any way, shape, or form as we once again welcome in our radio audience across the country right here to the early line on Sports Grid. You know, they've now lost two in a row, and I, I don't know if there's anything to hang your hat on about that, right? You know, so we don't know if there is any impact. Let me ask you kind of the same question on the positive side. Kevin, you know, there have been a couple of teams who in this restart have really started to look good, have been winning games. I'll ask the same question, like, can you hang your hat on any trend? I'm thinking about teams like the Indiana Pacers, who won again yesterday, like the Portland Trailblazers, who won again yesterday. And actually, honestly, the Phoenix Suns have looked good. All three of those teams won yesterday, have a little bit or a little streaking now in the bubble. I understand none of them may be true championship contenders, but if you're starting to worry a little bit about what you're seeing in Milwaukee, are you encouraged and think a little bit about these teams? Like, for example, this Portland squad could Mm. be a different team, okay? With Nurkic in the middle, with Skinny Mellow. And I've always said the backcourt that they bring to any game keeps them live. I started to wonder if Yusuf Nurkic was healthy for the full season, would there be six less teams that were invited to the bubble, and would we maybe right. halfway through round one? Because right. the gap would have... the West would be a lock. We wouldn't have those play-in opportunities and right. screw Washington. <laughs> and and Nur- ex- exa- exactly on that last point as well. Right. <laughs> um, like, Nurkic has looked wonderful since... Yeah. Like, I was, yeah. I was like, ah, you know, we got to see. He's got to work himself into it. Uh, not really. I mean, he has mm-hmm. looked excellent. Now, to be fair, yesterday, right, we said, look, this Rockets team has taught us anything. They will lose this game to the Blazers. And they lost that game to the Blazers. Because this is what the Rockets do. They only scored mm-hmm. 46 second-half points, 102 for the game. Dang, this total was 244. Yeah, didn't, I remember didn't, that. Didn't, it right. didn't even think about getting over. The game was like, That's oh, I have true. no interest in Like, it didn't even think about it. Like, it, it makes it still... Give the Blazers their credit. This game, it makes me think a little bit more about the Rockets' worries and their ability to put it together for four out of seven. The team that you got to talk about for me is the Phoenix Suns. I mean, look, okay. that one against the Clippers, that is a big win. Devin Booker, man, he is going to really try and get this team to the playoffs. And the way things are, especially with the massive injury news that we saw yesterday with the Memphis Grizzlies, look, yeah. there's a world that they're not even going to be in this playing scenario. The Suns have life. 3-0 and start. Very impressive. Yeah, I mean, 18 and 19 out of Nurkic in 29 minutes. Guys like Gary Trent as well. I think the Trailblazers are live. We'll talk about the games tonight here on the slate. We come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge 
bright and early in the morning, my main man, Kevin Walsh, is as plugged into the NBA as anybody on this network. So we are overjoyed to be able to pick his brain on a daily basis with these early lines. And Kev, the first game I want to ask you about is Toronto-Orlando. Okay, mm. today, because some people might say Toronto-Orlando, I mean, just give the Raptors the win. And they are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I give you that. But yesterday, we saw the top of the East play the bottom of the East. And it was the bottom of the East and the Brooklyn Nets that wound up getting the win, even shorthanded, right? So I know mm-hmm. there's a six-and-a-half-point spread. I know people think that this Toronto team has been playing defense like crazy, and they have. I know Orlando is also now in the second of back-to-backs. All sorts of reasons for me to lay the points, lay that six and a half and bet with the Raptors. But is there something I'm missing, or is this a straightforward play on the Raptors for you as well? Yeah, yeah, I think it's hard for this to be anything other than back in the Raptors. You okay. think about the Magic yesterday, maybe. Uh, some stuff kind of caught up to them playing, uh, you know, the best thing that they've played thus far in the Indiana Pacers. Again, a, a full no Jonathan Isaac game. And now it's a back to back and you have to play a, a Raptors team that are, is taking these play in games as serious as anyone. And the weird thing about the Raptors, like at the end of the day, they're never going to catch the Bucks for the one seed, but they technically still can. I think they need like the Bucks to lose out, which of course they're not going to do. And the Raptors would need to win out, which would be incredibly difficult. But the Raptors are the kind of team to where if they start to look at the schedule and they think it's possible that they could go 8-0, like it'll start to matter to them. Don't forget, Dan, we've talked about this, but they are mm. right now on the longest win streak in the NBA dating back before Six the restart of six, in a row. six games. And I, look, I think this six and a half spread should be fine, but the Raptors have been good winning games here. I also think you try and identify it on a daily basis. If there's just a certain bet that you're like, all right, I could definitely put you in money line parlays, depending on the type of money line parlay player you are. I know there's some people out there that maybe like to just take two dogs and hope that they both cash, but there's other people right. who like to take, you know, two, two, maybe three big favorites and kind of roll them out that way. Um, I really don't see an avenue to success here for the Orlando magic. I just think the way the Raptors have been approaching these games and the fact that the Magic also are on this back-to-back, even though yesterday we saw the back-to-backs, you know, work in the favor. I don't know if it worked in the favor, but those two teams won both their games. Um, I'm very much so inclined to back Toronto here. Yeah, you mentioned also that back-to-back that the Magic are coming off of. Remember, they're without Isaac as well. It is a tough, uh, <clears throat> a tough spot for the Orlando Magic. Let me ask you another one about this Toronto team, okay? Because we just were talking about the Bucks and how they're on a little bit of a losing streak, right? And how they don't need it, but you don't want to start to see that happen. You don't want to develop bad habits. It's almost like the complete opposite for Toronto, right? They are in essence, Kevin. I mean, we could talk about the math of it all and the magic number, but in essence, they're locked into the two seed, right? They're not going to catch Milwaukee. They got more than four games on Boston. They're going to be the two seed in the East. Yet you talk about it. Their effort is there. Their intensity is there, especially on the defensive side of the ball in the same way that if Milwaukee, you know, kind of looks like they're yawning through this restart, that it may start to cause a little bit of concern. Is the inverse true for you? Kev, when it comes to these Toronto Raptors, like they are playing like dogs. They're giving it it all. They are taking no break from their intensity. Do you think the same kind of positive habits and momentum start to build for the Raptors? I mean, Fred Van Fleet going off. We see kind of the, the, 
I hate to use this, right, but like the lunchbox blue-collar worker idea of this team Mm -hmm. under Nick Nurse, right? Are they just continuing to build habits, making them even stronger, you know, when they ultimately see Boston, Miami, Milwaukee? I think it's certainly possible. Uh, You have to give this team credit for for what they've done this year. I mean, they have the third best record in the league, the better record than Kawhi's new team is. All of that is incredibly, incredibly impressive. To be honest with you, though, this is what, you know, there's a, and there's a bunch of teams that fit the mold, but I can't overreact, get too high or too low on this team in the eight games. The Raptors are the type of team that will feast on caring about a game more than you kind of thing, okay? Like, they mm-hmm. will take these type of games a little bit more serious right. than the rest of these teams. I still look forward to the second round of these Raptors matches so trying to figure out what it looks like. Because to be honest with you, like, as much... And I know, like, look, if there were any, like, if Gabe was on the show, he'd lose his mind, right? But at the end of the day, Kyle Lowry was fantastic in that game that closed up the finals, right? But Kyle Lowry also, last year, the very beginning of the playoffs, I think scored zero points in game one of that loss to the Orlando Magic. I have my questions. There is no Kawhi Leonard. I have my questions. The idea that Fred Van Vliet is going to close out games, you know what? That is just not going to inspire a level of confidence in me that maybe it does inspire for Raptors fans. Nick Nurse is, to me, the coach of the year. But I still have my reservations of this team. And maybe some people will say that that's not fair if you don't want, like, what is it going to take for you to believe? I just think there's certain things that I want to see. I'll just quickly throw this out there on this game, though. Magic played the Raptors three different times during the regular season and were unable to crack 100 points any of those times. Their team total today of 108 and a half, to me, does come off really high when you consider the Raptors held the Heat to 103 and the Lakers to 92. If you get a focused Raptors squad, there's pretty much no world where the Magic should be even able to sniff that number. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. One thing that we have seen travel here is the Raptors defense. You know, Kevin, I think it was on another show, maybe I'm betting around the rim, but that was the Mm. same exact thing I said with the Toronto Raptors. Like, I respect them to the nth degree, okay? Mm -hmm. They're a great squad. They play great team ball. They got the defense. That travels. I'll give you that, right? But what I still believe, even though they are doing this, is at some point, Kev, Right. Mm -hmm. At some point in the playoffs, you are going to need that Kawhi-esque closer dog. We were just talking about it off air about how Jimmy Butler can play that role for Miami. At some point, they're going to be tested to the point where they need that closeout. They need that clutch. The role that Kawhi Leonard has played for them in the past when they did win the championship, you know, will Fred Van Fleet or Siakam or whoever it is be able to take that on? For me, the jury is still out in that kind of scenario, and I won't know it until I see it happen against another big boy in the East. When you talk about the big favorites that Toronto is, when I look upon the board, though, Kev, the biggest favorites today are the 10.5-point favorites of the Philadelphia 76ers, minus 560, Kev, on the money line. Now, that is huge. But remember, the next one has plus 1,200 yesterday. So I ask you about this Sixers-Wizards game. Ten and a half is the spread. We know about Philly. We know they are still kind of in the mix. We know that the perception around them is that their chemistry leaves something to be desired, that you can't trust them, even though the process that has been trusted leads to them having a lot of talent. But for me, Kev, this is about the fact that these Washington Wizards have pretty much 
packed it up and have already left the bubble because they've got nothing left to play for, right? You mm-hmm. have the Sixers who do have something to play for versus the Wizards who, you know, may be mailing it in. Right. This is the thing. The Sixers are the kind of team that will love to front run. If the opportunity is there, right, for them to get out, go crazy, right. and beats hyping up, even if there's no fans there, he's hyping up fans that aren't there. Like, for right. some reason, they've now the video hit, wall. Yeah, they've hit their 23 of the game. That's the type of team that they are right. where they can start to get up and get flowing and get rolling yeah. like that. And look, it's this is the difference, okay? They were down by two with 10 seconds left in that game against the Spurs. And Shake Milton, with absolute stones of steel, hits a massive three, and they win that game 132 to 130 against the Spurs. Incredibly impressive win that Sixers team, considering the fact that they lost the rope, it should have just been, you know, easy and it shouldn't have been a worry that it was. But you know what? At the end of the day, they got themselves a late kind of win and and maybe that'll be a little bit more valuable to them down the road. They should absolutely be beating up on this Wizards team. There is nothing that Washington can throw at them to slow them down. But to be fair, I said a similar thing when they were going up against the Pacers. I said a similar thing when they were going up against the Spurs. What's lacking right now for the Sixers, though, is defensively, they've not even remotely shown up. And that's surprising to me. Okay, They gave up a 127 to the Pacers and 130 to the Spurs. This defense, this best defense in the league ceiling that we all believe they have, has not, has not even taken a foot off the bus yet. And those are the type of things that will make you nervous about laying 10 and a half. Because they can sleepwalk, uh, you know, score a buck twenty-five, and they win this game one twenty-five, one seventeen, and the thing just flies over. I look at the Sixers. I don't see any world uh, that they lose this game. If I have to do it, Dan, I'm gonna lay this ten and a half because I think that they can get really? out there and get up. And in fact, I think the better way. And let's see if the numbers available right now in this first half. Well, first half, yeah. That's yeah. what I was gonna ask you. Six and a half is not bad. Because I, there's a world where they do they do they lose folks. Here's my thing, okay? I can't the do Wizards it. Are done. I can't the lay Wizards points. Are done. I know. Yeah. This is the, this but is. But put it past like the Sixers are that kind of team, Kev, and you know this, yeah. right? That they could all of a sudden wind up early in the fourth quarter, and this is a two point game, right? And it's like, ooh, what happens? And then the Sixers get serious, put a little working margin, wind up winning this game by eight but not cover the number. I can't trust the Sixers to take care of business because of all the things we've talked about. It's almost mm-hmm. like I'd rather pay the five bills, Kev, because 10 is a lot of points. <laughs> I think the, this is the thing with the Sixers team. And again, it, it, this is a big test for them, weirdly. But do they take the momentum out of pulling that game out against the Spurs and show right. up here today and just run it up? Because that's the potential that they have. They can just run it up. Front run, Ben Simmons over uh, on a half three-point prop today. Like, all of these This is the type of game that they can do it. I know. And this is is why, though, they have lost money. They are, Kev. You know what I mean? You're right. This is is the spot. mm -hmm. But they just don't do that. And that's why people have lost money on the Sixers all year long. I think they might be the worst ATS team in the league. Because for some reason, no matter how often they let people down, the numbers don't adjust in your favor as the better to back this team. Like, they're still laying 10.5. They lost to the Pacers, 
The Spurs were 2-0. and They were still laying 7.5 to the Spurs. And you tell yourself, like, yeah, but you know what? They probably should blow them out. And they just don't. So I get right. it. Okay? But f- for me, if I am going to play this game on the spread, I'm going to stubbornly, again, lay points with Philly and expect them to run it up. And I'll probably lose again. I probably will. <laughs> but I, right. there's, there's no reason that Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant keep this game close. I agree with you. It's just for me, the 10 points is really scary against a team yeah. that I cannot, you know, have confidence in and trust to take care of business like the Sixers, right? So let me I just quickly almost... add. Yeah, go ahead. If As, I, yeah, go ahead. Is play the over, though, okay? Mm, okay? If you don't like the way the Sixers have been, they're going right. to still score a buck 25 or so in this right. game, okay? So they can score their 125 and still blow this team out. Maybe you want to play. Their team total, uh, uh, if if you want, of 121.5. That's super high, though. But the total is 231.5. If they don't show up, it will continue to be defensively if they do not show up. All right, fair enough. Maybe they can pile on. If anything, maybe I try to find a way to put Philly into a parlay or something and get slightly better number. I'm very scared by that 10 and a half <laughs> as we once again welcome in our radio audience from around the country here to get the edge on the grid. I'm Dane Martinez. Some people call me the spitting statistician, stable genius, and vocal minority. I got my man, Sports Kingdom, Kevin Walsh, with me giving you the edge. Kev, this game is this game of the Western Conference today that's going off at about four o'clock clock eastern time i am very intrigued by the denver nuggets and the san antonio spurs now kev you have been starting to tease the idea that mm. there may be a play-in game in the western conference and the memphis grizzlies may not be a part of it right in that environment kev you got to think it's portland and a team like san antonio they lost yesterday right or they lost their last time out but we're playing well. And I got to tell you, I have been impressed with this Denver Nuggets squad. The idea for two years in a row that they drafted kids with high ceilings, but were banged up, right? And so maybe coming out the gate in the short term weren't going to add value. But Michael Porter Jr., Bull Bull are now both part of their rotation. And you know, Kev, I have been high on this Denver Nuggets team because I think they have a good, consistent core in Millsap, Murray, and, of course, the Joker. I like this Denver team and what they can do. But San Antonio is showing that they are maybe, you know, trying to get into this play-in round. How do you see this Nuggets-Spurs game going? Is five too much for the Nuggets to lay in this one? Yeah, see, that's the thing with that number, okay? That five jumps out to me a lot. Because if I were to take a look at how those teams' last two games closed, okay, the again, the Spurs were up two with 10 seconds left. Shake Milton misses that three. They win that game. They move 3-0 in the bubble, okay? And the Nuggets were able to win in overtime because Chris Paul, a 90% free-throw shooter, split a pair. If those two things, very realistic outcomes, go the other way, Shake Milton misses right. that three, Chris Paul ends up making both free-throws. I feel like this game might have been close to a pick But the danger in gambling is when you take the reactions of two outcomes and then right. put them forward here, right? At the end of the day, whether Chris Paul made those free throws or not, right, this is still the same Denver Nuggets team. And with the Spurs, whether Shake Milton makes that three or not, this is still the same Spurs team that's looked really nice during this restart. The five feels high. The one thing is, Will Barton ruled out, Gary Harris ruled out, Jamal Murray questionable 
So maybe Jamal Murray is back for this team. Maybe that's the kind of boost that people would believe can push them over the line. But I think what you're alluding to is true, Dane. I think this number is a little high, little inflated from what I gather. And I think the only way to play it is taking the Spurs with these five points. Can I ask you a little bit more about these Nuggets, though? Um, I mentioned sure. Porter Jr. and Bol Bol, right? Mm-hmm. These kids that they've brought in over the last two years that were you know, injured to start and kind of sank down draft boards because of it. Porter Jr. was mm-hmm. a top three pick originally, right? People thought that when he was in Missouri, yeah. I believe it was, right? Um, yeah. And then with the back injury, like two games into the season, whatever it was for mm-hmm. Porter. I mean, what's the ceiling here for this Nuggets team? Because to me also, Kev, you know, Jamal Murray is only, what, like 21 years old, right? And and showing himself to be one of the big young guards in this league. We know about Jokic, an all-NBA performer. Uh, Millsap, to me, is one of these kind of under-the-radar all-stars, right? If they get, if Porter blossoms, I mean, obviously he had a career high last time, you know, but if he does, in fact, blossom to the mm-hmm. blue-chip status that like he was supposed to be right. And if he becomes one of these kids, I don't want to speak out of school. Right. But like a, like a Trey young or like a Tatum, a scorer that has to be respected in this league. What is the ceiling for the Denver nuggets? Could you ever see them maybe in the short term or even next year being in the class of Houston, the Clippers being a real threat for the Western conference. I mean, they're the three seed, but it seems like they're not taken as seriously as these other elite squads and are still like a tier below. Yeah, I think people are still waiting um, to kind of see how real the Michael Porter Jr. situation is. That's right. Like he's got the pedigree, but that injury history is concerning. And I mean, there's some people who thought he'd never be the same again. Now, his, his last game was probably the best game of his young NBA career. The reality is if... Michael Porter Jr. ends up turning into an all-star, then they have a chance to probably win the and NBA. you have a big three, right? You have a big three in Porter, Jokic, and Murray. And I think, you know, all of a sudden now, Jamal Murray going from, you know, lead, not lead guy, obviously that's Jokic, right? But like your right. clear-cut number two to now all of a sudden it shifts to where he is a great a complimentary scorer right. or, or scorer and I think those are the kind of things that can shift. But as far, you know, Michael Porter Jr. scored 11 points in that first game against the Miami Heat, right? Like, it's he's not a stone cold, like. But it's input, it's not output, right? If the defense has to treat him as such. Right, but they don't have to yet. Now, they might, okay? Right? Like, and and again, we're going to, it's just, to me, it's not this year, right? Okay. They're now also banged up. Like, we've watched both both for you know, a couple exhibition games, Michael Porter Jr., but they will be the type of team, they will be a team that I think will end up probably very trendy for a lot of mm. people as we go into next season because there will be Michael Porter Jr. leaps talked yeah. about, bowl bowl insertion regularly into the lineup and the likes of that nature. Yeah, I, I agree, you know, and, and also I'm just looking for teams in this variant season, you know what I mean, Kev, that could. If all things go right now, I know L.A. and L.A. are very dominant as a cornerstone in the West. But as we've seen, weird things can happen. Um, so I want to throw out there that I'm starting to evolve on the Denver Nuggets. You know what I mean, Kev? There's another game. I want to talk about Brooklyn and Boston because and we've mentioned this before. 
All right. Mm. Yesterday, we took a spotlight on the teams that are playing back-to-back games in the bubble. And that is the case for both of these teams today, or shall I say tonight, in fact. They're one of the later games on the slate. I believe they are the last game taking place in the bubble tonight at 9, 10 p.m. Eastern time. The Celtics are a big favorite. They are eight and a half point favorites. That did not deter the Brooklyn Nets, you know, led by Jamal Crawford and other also rans yesterday. And now even Crawford, it looks like he tweaked a hammy or something in that yeah. game. So eight and a half point favorites are the Celtics. But remember, both of them coming being the second game of back to back. I guess that would hurt the Nets even more because they're shorthanded, right? So is this another kind of game, just like we were talking about Philly and Washington, where you lay the points or you play minus 370 with the Celtics? That's a huge number. How do you play this game, Kev? So uh, actually, Dane, weirdly enough, if the rest yeah. advantage here was in one slot team's favor, it would be the Nets. Karis LeVert, Joe Harrison, Jared Allen all had the day off yesterday. I guess. As a, sure. So you know what I mean? Like now, yes, yeah. Garrett Temple and, and Chris Chioza yeah. and Tyler Johnson might be a little spent, but the big three, if there is a big three for this Brooklyn Nets team, sure. all were off yesterday. And I have to wonder though at all, is the eight and a half would it would it have been ten had the Bucks taken care of business? Like, yes, would it have been eleven if the Celtics had taken care of business, or are we kind of saying to ourselves here, Boston's mad off of a bad loss, they should be able to, you know, piece this team up? Are people going to look to bet against the Brooklyn Nets more and more? And, and maybe this number will start to climb. Like that's a that's an interesting spot to try and negotiate. But I do look at the offense from the Celtics yesterday, and it certainly underperformed, only scoring 106 points. And you'd expect better from this team. You would expect them to have a bounce back offensively. And look, the thing is, man, NBA spreads, it can be a beast, okay? And sometimes it'll be beneficial if you can kind of isolate the reason why maybe you like a team. Now, we don't have a total right now, so then we're not going to have a Celtics team total here. But if you go into this game and you say to yourself, I like the Celtics because I think they're going to score 120. I think they're going to have their way still offense. Because for, for all the issues that the uh, Bucks had, right? Offense wasn't one of them yesterday. Correct. And that still can't really defend. So if the Celtics are due for a little bit of regression, right? Or, or you know, regression back to the mean, you know, how that, sure. how that saying is. I think their team total will be a market that I will look in. This this is the type of spread, admittedly, Dane, though. I will see how my day is gone before I make a call on how I want to play it. Okay, fair enough. Remember, it is, in fact, the last game of the day. So that is a good point. But so far, what I'm hearing from you, Kev, is that there's some team totals that are interesting to you today. Yeah. The Magic under and the Celtics over being mm -hmm. two of them. Real quick, and we may finish up this game on the other side of the break. I want to ask you about Memphis and Utah. Kev, let's start here with Memphis and the Jackson injury, right? Because that yeah. is big. And before we talk about the game they have tonight or today against the Jazz, Kev, it's slipping away from Memphis. You know, we've been impressed with Toronto. We've been impressed with some teams at the bottom of the West that have come out here in the beginning of the bubble. The opposite is true for Memphis, right? Everyone was excited about John Morant, but they have not won in the bubble. And to be quite honest, it looks like it's slipping away from Memphis. This Jackson injury certainly does not help the situation. No, it, it sure doesn't. And in fact, if they lose today and the Spurs beat the Nuggets, then those two teams will be, will be tied. They're, it is slipping away from them. 
the one thing we can expand on it maybe more so on the other side that that is give, you know making me approach this game uh cautiously is we've seen this all year in the nba and it's held true in the bubble right you see a star go out you go oh yeah absolute opportunity here and we back the jazz and then jimmy butler with not on the heat the heat beat the celtics right We've seen these kind of things hold true sometimes where they'll step up for that one game burst. It's a very, very interesting game here. Early thoughts, though, are the Utah Jazz maybe hold some of the momentum over a decent performance from the Lakers and take care of business against Memphis. Yeah, I agree with you. We'll talk about this a little bit more. And There's another game in the NBA to discuss. We'll do that when we come back, giving you the edge right here, bright and early in the morning, right here in the early line. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct, helping us with the fun and functional sports content. Kev, I, you know, we, we, we stay clear of narratives a lot, and I understand why in this sports betting world where we follow the numbers, follow the money, follow the data. But quite frankly, is it just getting away from Memphis? You know what I mean? Like, is it just slip sliding away? And like, it feels to me like, the momentum's getting away from them. Portland, San Antonio, these veteran-laden teams know what they are playing for. I've you know, like brought the lunch pail into the bubble, especially with this Jackson injury. Now, like, if they don't win today, are you comfortable being like, uh-oh, they're fading away? Yeah, even if they win today, uh, and as much as that'll go a long way, here's the close to the schedule, okay? So they play Utah today. OKC, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee. They need teams to be resting yeah. against them to have any chance of winning right. a game. Like they, they are already have lost their first two. Look, man, this is tough. Okay, and I know you know Memphis kind of believes that there shouldn't have been this play in, and they should have been good to go and what have you. But th- there was always a chance that this team was going to slip up at, towards the back end. Okay, because when we were still right. doing the regular season, Jaron Jackson or Brandon Clark weren't healthy at that time. The Pelicans had the easiest schedule. The the Blazers were always ready to get. Nurkic back like there were different things that that could have played out here and I don't want to count this team out but there has to be a a bit they have to feel dejected I mean look at the first three teams that they played here Dane. okay we're talking about the Blazers the Spurs and the Pelicans these are now the three teams that sit right behind them like they they control their own destiny okay as much as they feel like they shouldn't have been there and maybe that weighed on them too heavily maybe they continuously thought about the fact that it's not fair and we shouldn't be here. And unfortunately, it didn't turn into the right motivation. Now, right. to be fair, overtime against the Blazers, two-point loss to the Spurs, they were right there. A couple bounces sure. just didn't go their way. But hey, now, Utah, OKC, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, if teams aren't resting, I don't know where the wins are coming from for Memphis. And maybe teams will be resting. Maybe they will be fortunate enough to catch these teams at the right time. But even still a resting Bucks team, a resting Celtics team, a resting Raptors is still going to be a tough out. And if you look at, you know, 
again, I don't really know if the Pelicans lose another game when I look at their schedule, the way things line up for them. The Blazers have to be feeling momentum now coming on the heels of a win against the Rockets. The Spurs yeah. have a big t- uh, uh, the chance to go level with Memphis today. And here's the thing now, like it's one thing for there to be a play-in, right? The idea that you can be the eighth seed, you're the team that has right. to only win once out of two tries and against the ninth seed. The, the the push there, the motivation there is so much. And now Jaron Jackson Jr. is there. Like this narrative, Dane, applied if Jaron Jackson Jr. was healthy. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is, you know, John Moran and him. You know, these are the two cornerstones. These are the, the two guys. It's a tough, tough blow. I feel bad, okay, for Memphis. But the reality is, Dane, it's, it's hard to see any other scenario than this team, to me, missing out on even the play-in game. Yeah, I'm starting to feel the same way. I will say one thing. Big shout out to our guy, Sports Rage, Gabe Morency. There is a Grizzlies prop that he likes to play, and it is Dylan Brooks made threes over. They have been hanging that line at one and a half in the prop bet market. Gabe has been on it, pounding it. It continues to come in. It is set at one and a half again. This time you got to pay a lot more juice. That's minus 200. It wasn't the minus 140, minus 150 range. The books are catching on, but I would say even now without Jackson, maybe even more scoring punch needed from a guy like Dylan Brooks, who does like to bomb from the outside. One last game here, Kev, on the slate is the Lakers and the Thunder. And you're talking Mm -hmm. about motivation, right? What about the Lakers' motivation in this spot? They have just clinched the one seed, as we have been discussing, you know, looking at the standings of it all. Do they still have a lot left in the tank, even though they have nothing per se to play for with a six and a half game lead over the Clippers? They are locked into the one. So are we going to see full complements of minutes from AD, from LeBron and the crew when they go ahead and see the Thunder today? So this is the big thing for me. So they're, they're playing this game today, and then on Thursday, they're going to play the Rockets. Now, I tweeted out to people last night. I said, I don't know if they're going to play LeBron or AD in that game. I don't know why you would. In fact, maybe throw the Rockets a win, hope they land on the three line instead of the four line. Right. And, and, and happy days, right? Now, Frank Vogel's already come out and said, no, he wants to get his guys sharp. He plans on playing them. Caught me by surprise a little bit. Uh, but guess what? We learned this yesterday. Plans on playing them and then playing a full complement of minutes, very different things, isn't it? So maybe somewhat LeBron and AD empty the tank here a little bit, and they go full throttle against an OKC team that they played three times Okay, during the regular season. Now, there was a a home-and-home the Lakers took both of. The third game, actually, was one that LeBron sat, AD sat, and Kyle Kuzma and company went out and beat the Thunder on their own floor in a game that I am sure they are quite frustrated was still the case here. I think the Thunder, though, have to be, you know, somewhat, you know, frustrated with the fact that they lost that overtime game. They're going to be a motivated group, undoubtedly, heading into this one. It's a tough game to call. That that six, it feels like the Lakers could win, but maybe not by six. I'll tell you, though, where I'm going to go, Dan, okay? I'm going to go to this LeBron's points prop. It's 22 and a half. Typically, for LeBron, during this restart, 24.5, 25.5, maybe 26.5. He scored 20 right. against the Raptors, and he scored 22 in that second game uh, that they played the other day. Uh, they, they totally escaped me who they played. The Jazz, that's right. Yep. LeBron, though, 
started to see the ball go in the net a little bit more in that fourth quarter. Okay. And I think LeBron maybe, you know, again, just putting together a 30-point game, putting one under the belt wouldn't surprise me. Very rarely, if ever, could you get value on a LeBron James prop. Probably never would be when that exists. But they've lowered the number. Now, they've done it for a reason, Dane. But I think that's when you can try and strike and try and, try and find an opportunity there. I think the 22 and a half over for LeBron's points prop is where I'll be playing this game. Are you scared, though, about, you know, rest and load management at all? Uh, remember, the second of the back, back they, may, they don't have much to play for. Like, what if LeBron doesn't play a full complement of minutes? Then it's real tough to get to over 22 and a half. It'd be very weird, though, for them to play LeBron. Like, as opposed to play this Thunder game, rest against the Rockets. I think right. it'd be very weird if Vogel's like, listen, 24 minutes both nights. That would be super, that would be very odd to me, right? right? Like, and I'm surprised, but then again, maybe that is in play, Dane, because the fact that he plans on playing these guys both sets of games, right? And, and maybe it goes to show that they, you know, these coaches feel that there is a lot of value in the conditioning that you're going to be able to pull away from these eight games. But yeah. right, for me, I'm expecting a full complement of LeBron minutes tonight. Okay. No, no, that's fair. And, you know, if they do, everything you're saying makes sense. That would be the fear for me. Have, you know, that would be the risk there. And given the spot where the Lakers are, both in the terms of the schedule, back-to-back games, in terms of the standings, having it locked sure. up, I could see this being one of those short, quick bursts of minutes. And that would just give me cause for pause right there. But Kev, those are the games on the slate in the NBA. So now we need to turn our attention to Major League Baseball, a full day of Major League Baseball. Because remember also, Kev, we had, you know, storms sweep through the eastern seaboard. Hurricane Isais went through. So we have, you know, like the Yankees and Phils postponed uh, with advanced warding having a double header today. You know, so there are a lot of games to get to. But I want to start in the AL Central, Kev, because I remember going into the season, we were like, oh, the Central is going to be easy. Oh, the Central is going to provide, you know, a nice little path for these teams. As I look at the AL Central, you got the Twins at 9-2, and two, Chicago's above 500, Cleveland and Detroit at 500. That's better than the AL East. That's better than the AL West. So it seems like maybe good ba- baseball is being played in the AL Central, and good baseball is certainly being played by the Minnesota Twins. And that's where we start today. Minnesota got a 7-3 victory over the Pirates, you know, one of those more also rans in the Central, and they have the Pirates again. Berrios was good. Cruz is banging like they should. They're minus 190 favorites again. They're not sending out Berrios or even Hill, you know, who did have issues with that shoulder. It's a kid today, but they're still minus 190, minus 116 on the run line. These twins just keep on scoring, Kev. They sure do. Look, they've won five in a row. This seems nine and two overall. Uh, they have looked very, very good through their first 11 games. The interesting thing to me is this game will, uh, and what I'm about to say is going to be applicable and how I'm feeling about every single game today. Yesterday, 13 games on the baseball slate, Dane. 11 and two for the favorites. 11 and two. That is, I mean, because yesterday, like, and you know how I play, right? My money line baseball parlays. I'm looking to pair favorites. And as the day's going on, I'm like, oh, wow, I had this one here. Oh, I could have had this here. Could have hit a seven-teamer. Oh, right. You know, and that's, so, so I started to be like, wait a minute. Like, why is ever? Oh, they all won the favorites for the most part. The only dogs that came home were your Miami Marlins. 
and the Chicago White Sox. Like those were the, yeah. and the White Sox were a dog that I think a lot of people liked, considering that they were playing the Milwaukee Brewers. Like it was, it was one of those days. It's the type of day now to me, though that, that Dane that can be a bit of a bloodbath. I think back to that first Friday of the baseball season, and then that next Saturday we had, you know, Trevor Bauer couldn't beat the Tigers, or right, Lucas, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was kind of that kind of day. So for me today, as I'm looking across the board here, if you really like a favorite, you got a strong angle, okay. But the Twins have just beat up on this team twice. Now they travel to Pittsburgh, and they're not really putting forward one of their better pitchers. It worries me a bit. I'd rather play them hmm. over than back this team okay. at a minus 190. All right, fair enough. Let's stay in the Central here. You referenced the White Sox, and that's where I want to go next. They are one of those what? They're one of the dogs that won yesterday. They are favorites, mm-hmm. though, today up against those same Milwaukee Brewers after their win. You know, the kid Eloy Jimenez went yard yesterday, helping the White Sox to a win. I think they've got the pitching matchup in their favor today with Dallas Keuchel on the hill for the White Sox. They are a minus 128 favorite. Listen, the White Sox are now, remember, with so many teams making the playoffs in the American League, the White Sox are one of them. They stand at 7-4. and four. Listen, they, they, they're scoring runs. You know, you talk about the Twins, right? The Twins have 58 runs in 11 games. The White Sox have 59 runs in 11 games. Second in the AL or third in the AL behind only the Yankees. And you wouldn't have thought the Seattle Mariners, for goodness sakes. But, um, <laughs> oh no, that was runs against. But I, besides the point, second in the yeah. AL in runs. Do you believe in the White Sox to keep it going? They've got Keuchel on the mound today. Look, this is an interesting thing. They played the two games in Milwaukee, dogs both games, won both games. So this is a little different, right, from the Minnesota perspective. They're now coming home, pitching edge, and Milwaukee just looks a a little lost. Again, no Lorenzo Cain, that matters here. And minus 130 for me is not a bad price to lay. I like this White Sox team thing. I've been impressed. We... You know, they were one of those teams that kind of fit the building, right? The Reds, the White Sox. There was a couple of others that, that fit that description. Maybe the Padres, uh, the Rays, if you will. Maybe they're a little bit more yeah. high profile than those other teams. That people were like, ah, I buy it. I'm buying it this year. Mm-hmm. Thus far, I think mm-hmm. the White Sox have given people a nice return. They have. They have. I would say you're right. We had that group of, like, young teams, right? Uh, the Rays were involved. The White Sox were involved. The Reds were one of those teams. People thought about the mm-hmm. Blue Jays. I was throwing out the Angels. But, of course, I don't think anyone is impressing as much as the San Diego Fathers. We'll talk about them and all the other teams out west as well. This is sort of the end of our number one. We'll tie a nice, neat little bow on this one. And then in hour two, we keep talking about the baseball games. And we've got our guy, the Raging Redhead, coming in in the 8 o'clock hour because we have the first golf major of the year to discuss as well. All that and more coming up. Keep it locked right here the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line. Hey, Kev, as we finish up our number one, I know we got a lot of games on the West Coast to discuss here in Major League Baseball where a lot of things are happening. But listen, 
Miami Marlins, after a week and a half off, running out a group of guys that I have never heard of before, they get a 4 nothing victory. Of course they do, right? And Pablo Lopez pitches five shutout innings. You know, he's rested. Sure, no problem. He only went five, though, Kev. And now the Marlins, yes, the Marlins. I know we got, like, winning percentage issues, but, you know, they're hot to start the season. They're the fifth best winning percentage in all of baseball. Like, sure, three and one, baby. Like, you say, look, you take that for what it is. Now, the fact that they could be a 500 baseball team at the day's end, yeah, that's also right. hilarious. And it goes to show how ridiculous this uh, has all been. But look, credit to them. That long layoff, and, and they were able to piece it together. That was not true for the Phillies with their first game back. Uh, you know, the Blue Jays, I know, were lingering around. The Braves beat up right. on them yesterday. Uh, the Nats did have a, a nice win a, against the Mets, but who doesn't? Uh, it's just kind of, I think, a spot where you have to give them all. Look, Orioles are not, okay? First game back on the road, you get the job done, especially to like to play shutout uh, baseball uh, in Camden Yards. Look, this is, look, it's, a, it's an impressive start for this Marlins team, and they did get better this offseason, okay? I know we're all waiting for the right. bottom to fall out here. I just wonder if we end up waiting to the point where we go, I don't know if the bottom's going to fall out here. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so sure. Are you, are you going to spin it forward then, Kev? You know, 5.05 Eastern time, Hernandez versus Cobb in game one of the doubleheader. And then in game two, Marlins haven't announced their starter. And for the Orioles, no, it's not your favorite beat reporter in the NBA. Ojowski <laughs> going to Baltimore. Are you going to, like, think that the good times keep rolling for the Marlins? I know we only got 20 seconds here. I'll be interested in the Marlins in game number one, and and then we'll go from there. That's how you like to play these double headers. All right, fine. We'll see if we zig when others zag. When we come back, hour number two, we got more of Major League Baseball. And again, our guy Cam Stewart joins us also to talk a little hockey and a little golf. First major of the year, hour number two, early line right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 